Hi, I'm Jennifer. And I'm Matt. This podcast is your regular dose of uplifting, inspiring, and motivating, life changing tips and success strategies to help you create the wealth, health, lifestyle, passion, and prosperity for your own life that you want to create. Welcome to the Prosperity Project. Welcome to episode 52 of the Prosperity Project. We're going to do quite a fun episode, as you can tell by the title. We're going to do a question and answer session. So I went on Instagram yesterday as we record this and asked the audience, (laughs) if you like, to ask some questions and we were going to answer them completely unrehearsed. I have not shown you these questions yet, Matthew, before. We're going to take your questions because episode 52 this feels a little bit magical don't you agree well it's 52 episodes which if we were to release weekly would Mm. be a year yep i think at first we didn't quite release them weekly no i think we had some weeks off didn't we at the start so but we're going with this is our year anniversary (laughs) this is the first year complete of this podcast 52 episodes so there's a lot for you to listen to I if you know, want to go back right. the way. I know, you can listen to the back catalogue. There's 51 other ones that'll Obviously. keep you going. So, um, yeah, we've got a Q&A today. I've not seen any of these questions. Mm. I've got no idea what's in there. I haven't prepped answers either. I love it. I feel the edge. So we're, we're going in blind. Normally we have a little bit of prep, a little bit of thought written yeah. down for our podcast. This time I'm going in blind. Jennifer's <laughs> mostly blind. So we're going to see where it takes us. Before we start, I'm going to ask you, Matt, can you just, you don't know what I'm going to ask you either. I don't. This is, I don't. This, is this is really on the fly. Right. So it's been a year of the Prosperity Project. Do you want to maybe just talk about how have you found the year? Like you've never been involved in any content creation for this long really with me this is our first thing together properly we've got our youtube channel the family channel but you kind of do a lot of the stuff for that and the editing but this is both of us consistently have been doing this for a year together so can you yeah i want you to share has this podcast changed you how have you found have you enjoyed it it's a lot of hard work isn't it (laughs) no well we should say actually when we started it so i had the idea for a podcast probably a year before that and i knew the name i knew it was going to be called the prosperity project because i'm just obsessed with people's well-being and i want everyone to have their best version of their life with prosperity and as much money as you can handle and distribute and everything and wealth and happiness but i tried a couple of times to do a podcast you, you remember sat in the car once. i know you sat in the car and so I sat upstairs. acoustically it would be okay <laughs> and it just I think didn't re- work it you recorded just an didn't. episode didn't you of a yeah podcast? but it wasn't that good <laughs> Because actually, I love talking. That's not you a problem. Do. You do, have noticed. But with recording a podcast on my own, I really struggled to keep the, the flow going. Where I've really, like, on you go, you tell you tell the people how you felt the past year anyway. I butted in there. <laughs> so I actually find that it's not that difficult to do. I think because it's quite conversational yes. in the way we do And things. we love a chat. <laughs> we do love a chat. So because of that, we're actually talking about things as well that we we do mm, um mm. sometimes it's things that maybe we're a little bit more versed in or that we've spent more time doing mm-hmm. sometimes we talk about things that we recently learned or put into practice yes, ourselves yes. so because of that because we can relate to all the things we talk about and we have them in practice mm-hmm. and normally although we're potentially down the line a bit on some of these things we didn't kind of hit the ground running Mm. a lot of the time. So we've had to learn ways and methods and like neither of us were born into having tons of money and people around us that were massively successful and creating their own businesses and aware of their health, well-being and all the rest of it or saw the world any different to 
what everyone else does. Mm. So learning this stuff together and putting it in place together, I think has put us in a really good position of being able to talk about things mm. in a way that at least I think is relatable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because ultimately we've made it up as we've gone along. <laughs> we've learned things as we've done it and yeah. not the podcast. I'm talking about just life in general. Yeah. And therefore I think that puts us in a, a good position to share our thoughts mm-hmm. and the things we've uncovered and hopefully people can resonate with that and see that they can put similar things in place themselves. Mm. So because we're talking about these kind of things that ultimately are our life, our world and the things we do, yep. it's quite easy to talk about. Mm. I forget people are listening sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas people go, yeah. are, that's a beautiful thing. So um, from my experience the past year, I've, I've loved the podcast. Like It's one of the highlights that we do together. It's so easy and so fun. Completely different from when I'm filming for my YouTube channel though. Like Mama Fur Fur is very... I want to get a message across and I love that on my own, but this has been super fun. Yeah, but doesn't this one feel like the series we do when we're doing our portfolio? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because it's just a a, a chat and it's lighthearted. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm always thinking of topics and with a a, a view to give people something, some goodness, because I do a lot of listening to podcasts and books and pushing myself out my comfort zone so yeah it's just nice to have people who are listening to us blather away with the scottish english divide we've solved it in a podcast haven't we we've solved it so i'm going to kick off with these questions are you ready yeah, that being it. said um okay so thank you everyone who was on my instagram i'm at mama furfer and matt is at matt kempson if you fancy following us on instagram i genuinely ask people what they think and any questions and this was there was a lot of answer or questions that people asked. Right, so we'll go through as many as we go can. For the first one. So I'm going to ask the first one. This is a fantastic one. What do we think of hustle culture? So I'm going to ask you that one first. Hustle culture. Hustle culture. Do you know what that is? Um, do you want me on. to answer it first? Well, you, you answer it first. I think I know what it means, but okay. go for it. So hustle culture is like Gary Vee and all these kind of people who are serial entrepreneurs who talk about basically doing your day job for 10 hours, going home and between 6 and 2 o'clock in the morning working on your side hustle. It sounds, it's, 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 it's the grind. Work. Right, exactly. Hustle culture is, is completely hard work based. So everything you create will be doing two jobs basically until you create what you want so do your day job what you might not be interested in and then commit to doing everything you can and it can't even be there's a little edge of this you know even ignore your family (laughs) ignore everything else you've got to put it's hard work based like your efforts and I don't dispute that it tends to be quite a male dominated thing although I do see a lot of women um, as well kind of preaching this 12 14 hour days to make your dream happen here's my take on it I'm going to be brutally honest like we started Mama Furfur or I started three years ago right so I've had a day job all that time until the past couple of months ago and I would say that the further along I go with being sharing my talents and what I think the less it feels I work so one of the key deal breakers for me is I will not genuinely work when the kids are around or not within. It's mainly school time we work, right? So we're recording this in the middle of the day. I'm very particular about when I work. I'm also very particular that I don't want a nine to five job. 
And so for me, the hustle culture of, you know, work and grind and you'll get there eventually, it seems like you you can only enjoy things once you've proved that you're good enough for it. And I think that's baloney. Like people can be overnight successes. It tends to be taking you three or four years of hard, you know, of work and almost said hard work, of work consistently. But I actually feel like the more the years have gone past, the easier it has become. And actually, I feel like I spend less time working because when I do, I show up focused and I show up very aware. I can only do so much, right? Like there was a wonderful analogy. I I watched this documentary by a filmmaker and he actually related it to a story in the Bible. So don't let this stop you from listening to the story. It's a very powerful story. But he said, you know, there's a famous parable in the Bible that is the loaves and the fishes. So Jesus took loaves and fishes and multiplied them and and fed 5,000. And he said, the sooner we realize as creators or business owners, we're in charge of the loaves and fishes only. That is our only remit to show up and do the best work you can on your thing. It is not your responsibility to make sure it feeds the 5,000, to make sure it gets out there. Yes, you can do some of that. You know, you need to be on YouTube. You need to maybe do a Facebook advert if you fancy that. But your job is to just put everything into what you're creating and then know the results or whatever may come, like be detached from the results. And that's something that's really hit me recently that I'm becoming... I'm good with what it takes. Like I can only do so much based on what I write know now. And then however that's multiplied, I'm good with. So I don't have an issue with the hustle culture overall. I see it though as a way of, bas- you, all you're really looking at is if you get paid an equivalent of, let's say 15 pounds an hour, mm. then you go home. And if you put in more hours, you get more lots of 15 pounds. Absolutely, time for money. So it's time for money. Yep. The more time you put in, the more money you get. And then hopefully you work smart, not mm. just hard. And then your rate goes up from 15 pounds an hour, more so in the side hustle, to 20, 25, whatever it happens yep. to be. Yep. Now, there are some areas where you do need to work hard. Mm. Um, and I think that the balance is choosing what it is you want to do mm. and what you want to achieve and then working out what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is some activities, some jobs, some side hustles require you to do the work. Yep. If you want to sell art, you have to sit there and you have to create the art. You need to get yourself in the zone. And especially if you're selling one-of-a-kind paintings or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you need to sit there, paint, do the stuff, and there's no way of automating that, no real way of outsourcing that. So your time is directly exchanged for money. Yes, yep. The question I have for anybody that's looking at this kind of hustle hard thing is, what happens if your business triples? Mm. Can mm. your business triple? Yeah, well, ours can. <laughs> ours can, but... Yep. And and that's what I like about what we're doing and the way we do it. But for other people, can you triple your income without tripling your output? Mm, Now, as you move along, as your side hustle, if you've got one, potentially becomes worth more, Mm -hmm, then at mm -hmm. some point you can cut the day job out of it. But let's say that now you're working eight or 10 hours a day, right? So you've replaced a day job with a day job. Yeah. But maybe something that you enjoy more, hopefully. But then the question becomes, okay, if that's generating for you, let's say a thousand pounds a week, right? So not bad at all. Well, how can you generate 5,000 pounds a week? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
And for a lot of people, the answer is, well, there's not enough hours. Yeah, yeah. I can up my prices to a point, but the whole the whole structure of what I'm doing means that there's a cap on what I can charge for whatever it is I'm doing. So at which point, I can't go from a thousand to five thousand, or maybe I have to look at how I can outsource. But and that's mm. the thing, right? If you're creating something that allows you to outsource, then you can continue to grow. But if you are again the artist. Mm you can only grow as much as you can paint and you can only fulfill ultimately what you're able to put in as the amount of hours. Yes. So I would think very carefully. It's one thing that I mentioned a while ago on a Facebook group. What happens if your business triples? Yes. What does life look like? If that income triples, how do you manage that? Mm. Like how, how would that occur? How can you achieve that? Because it won't happen by itself. You need to facilitate it. But then what are you outsourcing? What can mm, you do? Because mm. otherwise, if you can't see a way of your income tripling without it causing lots of pain and challenges and stuff like that, I would suggest either you've set up limits mm-hmm. to what you can actually achieve mm-hmm. or you're in the wrong business. Yep, that makes sense. Or you're, or you're, you're doing the business badly. Mm. So that, I think, when I'm looking at the hustle culture... I just, because of it looks very much like time for money, mm, what happens when, huge, yeah. when you run yeah. out of time? Yep, what have you got? Then your money's capped. Mm, absolutely spot on. And I think that's why actually learning about money a little bit before we started the business, because I've had a day job, I focused solely on passive incomes, things that we could create once and keep selling multiple times, right? So that's absolutely everything pretty much that we do. Well, YouTube is there. So you make a video one time and if someone wants to watch a video, Absolutely. they so turn we, up from yep. wherever they are, whatever they want to do, you don't need to be part of that. They'll just rock up and do their thing. If they want to buy one of the spreadsheets that help them to deal with their budgets yep, exactly. and help manage their money better, again, because that was created, granted it's had a few revisions to make sure that it's robust and mm, very good absolutely. at what it does. Yep, the best product. Yep. ultimately, once that's made, people can buy it. and And that's the key, I think. Both of us have never really liked answering to people. (laughs) We've not really enjoyed other people telling us, oh, you know what, this needs to be done by this deadline. Mm. And therefore, having a business that meant we would need to do that, Mm -hmm. either through servicing customers or whatever else, was never going to work for us. No, exactly. Now, for other people, having direct relationships with customers, dealing face-to-face and all that kind of stuff is where your passion lives. And Mm -hmm. that's the great thing. If your passion lives with the service that you're delivering and it is a time for money type of thing and it's a direct relationship, but that's where you get your joy, Mm -hmm. then great. You know, if you want to be a DJ, then ultimately going into clubs means you've got to spend your time, do that thing. But that could be what you love to do. And at which point your time for money is absolutely worth it for Mm -hmm. you. But I would suggest in that kind of area you can probably up your prices over the course of your time as your popularity grows and everything else, at which point you're not really capped. Mm. You know, people like David Getter and stuff like that, I don't know how much they'll earn, (laughs) but they probably don't do too badly Mm. if they decide to go and do a DJing set. Mm -hmm. So there's scope there. Mm -hmm. And I think that not every one of us is in a field that allows that 
So it, it really does come down to how hard, how much can you hustle? Yeah, Not just yeah. how hard, how much can you hustle before you reach a limit on the amount of hours in your day? Absolutely. The only thing I can add to that, that Matt's just said is, for anything you create with your business that you give up your time for in some form, even if it is to make passive incomes, you get to decide the rules of your business, how you want to operate. So for me, I'm the opposite of hustle culture. I want to produce something once, the best quality I can, and allow that to then go and do the work for me, right? But you, you like the idea, I think, of being able to lay down next to a pool on holiday, reading a book, <laughs> and then look at your phone and see that you've made a few pounds. Well, that, is, that appeals to me. I, I, I think, to be all... fair, that probably is the ideal for most people. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of people probably start off wanting to achieve and then they get you know down avenues that they're not they're actually giving up their time for money the thing for me is I want it to be that I can stop creating and I still make income right so that's why we focus on investments we focus on focus on passive incomes as well but I know that I set the rules for my business and for me first rule is most of the time I will only work during school time when the boys aren't here also I think I really only work the equivalent of, oh, I want to say maybe six or seven hours a week, like genuinely, you know, showing up. I want it to be very flexible. I want yeah, it because to be, we've outsourced to an editor for We've got an editor videos. for video. I know, but in that, so I had to grow the business enough to then outsource. But I do outsource because even though I can edit a video, it's more important for me to have my time back. If I ever needed to do it again, I would, but he's better. You know, he, the guy that we use is getting also, we're able to employ him. So we're able to give the ripple effect to that. So in answer to that fab question, what do we think of hustle culture? For not me, for it's not for me. I don't also believe it's the only way to be successful. I actually believe you decide how you become successful in life. So that is a cracking question. So, so next much for that. question. Next one, are you ready? I know they're good, these ones, right? Here's the next one. As a percentage, how much has not having a day job impacted our family as a happiness? So let me say that again. As a percentage, how and I think that's just meant to mean you know how an estimate. How much has not having a day job impacted our happiness as a family? So I think probably the best way of answer that, answering that is looking at the impact it made when I quit my day job mm, so yeah, the reason is that your day job you were working from home um, most of the time anyway yes and you had flexibility in the way that you delivered your role and everything else so although it's definitely had some impact of you finishing the day job and not having that to answer to yes I think that you're like you weren't manning phone lines you weren't dealing with um really too many other people around you a lot of the time you were kind of you had a workload to yes. work through yep. and yep. you could manage that how you felt like it whereas for me I was in the office uh, anywhere between three and five days a week oh, depending yes. on the position More like four out of five definitely yeah yeah, I think towards the latter end, it was three days. Um, at one point, it was pretty much five days in, four days at times. Um, and also, I was traveling an hour and a half each way. So I think that when I quit the day job, it made a massive difference mm, to just the mm. balance of the world. I wasn't leaving before everyone else woke up and then yeah. getting home and being quite tired from just a day of traveling, working and everything else. Mm. Um it made a big difference. I think, though, it's really hard to kind of quantify mm. what that difference is. 
I suppose if you... Well, here's the thing. Would you go back to the old way? No. Category. Somebody asked me that today. I was going to get my eyebrows waxed because things are open in Scotland and all the priorities. The lady said to me, you know, what's the impact being? Would you go and work for someone else again? And I was like, I'm so thankful that I've had corporate jobs, but I don't think I could work in that's and I think I always have to be the boss of my time now so go on what were you going to say I was going to say that I, I think it's hard to measure ultimately the impact it makes mm. but you're right ultimately would you go back mm. I think it feels like we're always off work but you always <laughs> but you always have things that you want to do yes, yes. but you can slot them in when you want to mm-hmm. so it's kind of like if you're living your day-to-day life and and let's say you have a week off work well, then you can do things like the washing, the ironing, the housework, whenever you feel like it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know that there's things to be done, but there's no set day, no set time, no set anything. So therefore, you're quite relaxed around things. And ultimately, you don't have someone else yes, in yeah. your ear asking you to do things. I mean, between us, I have requests of you sometimes. You have requests on yep, me in order yep. to move things forward. But largely, you don't have this, oh, I need this report done and I need an hour, or I need this problem solved. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And removing that kind of external stress from your life, mm. I think makes a big, big deal as to how the world feels around you. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is you actually gain a lot of benefit, even if you were to look at how you can go part-time rather than mm. full-time. So if you're in a position where you've got more income than you need and you want to find a better life balance... Looking at exploring part-time work, Mm -hmm. going to your employer and saying, I want to do three days a week, can bring, I think, a dramatic amount of quality back to your life. And also, if you have other ideas about what you want to do, the thing is, you don't have to go out and suddenly say, right, I've got two days back, so I'm going to start to work out how to side hustle during those. Mm -hmm. You can just chill and read some books and stuff. (laughs) Like No one's one's asking you to do anything with your time, but it is your time. And I think that sitting back and saying, you know what, I'll wait until I can retire at 60 something, 70, Mm -hmm, whatever it happens mm -hmm. to be, like waiting for then for life to start, Mm. I I feel like is the wrong mindset, but yet it's one that I think a lot of us have. Yeah, without realizing. Um, No, the thing I think in terms of like percentage of our happiness and our family, so me leaving my day job in January this year, that was... That took a big leap of faith for me because I like stability. That's what I like, stability and security and all that. You leaving your job didn't feel like a scary thing to do. But this, and do you know what? The moment that we did it, we've had our biggest ever months since. And, you know, so there's been no doubt that it's not been the right decision for us because it is. Um, In terms of happiness, I think I'm just more relaxed and able to focus so I think when you have a day job what happens is you have to compartmentalize your life a bit more so you have to focus on that and it might not be something that you get a lot of enjoyment with but you Mm -hmm. do it and then when I turn on being a mum and then making content or doing the things I feel I'm being gifted in of helping people again it means now that I just turn that element on rather than thinking I've got to answer to, to a day job to other people be aware of what I'm doing each day I can just say right Jennifer do you feel creative today what's the outputs for the week and it's it, it just feels a little bit lighter so in terms of happiness I suppose there's no doubt that you, you are happier 
because you've got less stressors in your well, life. Well, and also you're not looking at saying, right, I've got a meeting here at work. I've yeah. got a pointless call there. And I've got this piece of work I need to do there. And I wanted to record a video because I've got a really good idea that I want to produce. So when can I slot that in? Oh, I can't do it then because the kids are going to be home from school mid-video. So that's not going to work. It just makes all of the things outside of a day job Mm. much easier to manage. Mm. Which ultimately, if you're removing stress from your life, if you're removing pain points, get as much peace as you can. It's going to uplift your world. Absolutely. That's a cracking question. Okay, the next one. They're all... You can tell the calibre of questions. I know, take a, we, we need to be quicker to, going through I'm, them, I No, think. I'm going to do, pull out a couple and then I'm going to do a quick fire. We're not going to get through them all because literally there was many, many, many questions. Here's another one. So this one was, with money being the biggest relationship killer, ooh, are you ready? As we have grown more wealthy, would you say it has increased or decreased this type of tension if there has been any? So as we've grown wealthier... Do we find that tension in the area of money has increased or decreased? Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? <laughs> so my short answer is I don't think it's any different. I think it just feels the same. There wasn't any tension. Well, no, you spend without actually checking in with me. <laughs> That's my only crime. I spend too much and I don't. No, you don't spend too much. You just don't. You spend without checking in on me. <laughs> I, I spend until I get a stern look <laughs> but there's I suppose with anything it's not tension by any means all I do is I say to Matthew I say look you could have told me you were spending that so that I was aware of it and that's it and then it's by the by the thing is I don't think that much of our um I guess spending and stuff has mm. changed a huge no, amount anyway all. so because of our money comes in rooted via our business um, and then you take out whatever it is that gets taken out, which is generally less than comes in. Yes, yeah, that, by quite a that, bit, yeah. That means that we're in a position where you control your income. Mm. And I don't think we've changed a huge amount of it. So which, but this is the thing. I think if, if someone's drip feeding your bank account mm-hmm. certain amounts of money, but all your direct debits and everything else stay the same and you largely spend the same in the supermarket... The amount of money going into the bank doesn't really make a difference. I think you only start to get impact from your wealth and things is where maybe you were struggling for money. Right, right. And then suddenly you have more of it. Mm -hmm. Or if you fundamentally start to change or or you start to look at how you spend that money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you say to yourself, um, when you're doing a day job, and maybe you're balancing the books quite tight. Yeah. You say, right, I'm going to get a Ford Fiesta. I'd like to get a new car, Ford Fiesta. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that Ford Fiesta becomes an Audi. Maybe that Audi becomes um, a Lamborghini or something. Like it can scale up if you're trying to spend what you've got. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where frictions come because then it could be you saying, oh, you know what? I want to buy all of the Chanel things and I'm saying I want to buy the <laughs> Lamborghini. And it's like, well, hold on. We've only got Where's so much money. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not doing that, mm. if you were buying Ford Fiestas and then you triple your available income and you're still looking at Ford Fiestas, then actually there's no real dynamic that needs to be sorted out there's mm-hmm. no real conflict i think though with everything so we don't fight over money what we do do is have discussions quite a lot not i don't mean hated discussions but every single business purchase we do have a conversation you don't buy stuff usually for the business without checking in with me first and equally like both of us have to agree and that can be anything at all but there's it's also like, there's also not really so the thing is you don't go around doing things 
that you don't think that I would agree with anyway exactly. for the large part. Yeah. And yeah. not because you wouldn't do them, but just because what you want what you want to do and everything else fits in the realms where it makes there's sense. not an issue anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and when I want to make a purchase for the business, sometimes you can't see the value in it up front. I know, but I agree with you because say this is a place I've got to I will always trust when you are wanting to make a purchase I'll always believe you're doing it from a good place right I can give my input but at the end of the day if you believe it's from a good intention and it's going to add value I do take a step back and say do you know what I'm going to trust you I'm going to respect that you've thought about it and the thing is I've not made some of these purchases that I've thought were nice to have Mm -hmm. but I've not found the justification for. So I could easily spend £10,000 on a camera and a lens thing that I would love to have that I feel like would improve the production to a point. Mm -hmm. But I can't justify it. Yeah, so you're doing that dialogue within you, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're doing it within you, so I don't need to get involved. Yeah, so you don't get involved (laughs) in it. I don't need you to say to me, ah, it doesn't make sense. I do that dialogue to myself, and I think that that's what we both do. Yeah. We're both quite smart about having dialogue with ourselves and actually questioning the things we like and saying Mm. well where's the value where's the point and whether that's for business or for home or whatever else and the thing that i've noticed is also our money rules have changed so we kind of know the common ground so i'm a cash only girl right so even when we're thinking of cars and anything it's cash only Right. That's well, you what, say, what you mean is we have to have the money. We've got to have the money a in a bank account, account before we spend. Right. So there's no. So the only reason we put something on a card is if we're looking to make sure we have that added security yes, of buying off, off of a credit card. But it gets paid off. Yeah. So we've set those ground rules, though. And that's why I always know that we're on that equal bedding already. So actually, genuinely, I can't think about any argument. And what, what I will say is, you know, when people get wealthy or you have more money, what it does is it amplifies your habits and your characteristics anyway. So if you're going to be a generous person, you're going to be more generous with more money. If you're somebody who feels that money is in lack, you're going to feel that even more. You're going to feel even more insecure with money. And so I would say, that's why I kind of teach this money stacks method. It's built on habits. that It doesn't matter the amount of money. What you do, you're becoming a good steward of money. You're getting the habits that are going to last your lifetime. And I think that's what we've got. Like Money can appear any which way it wants and you and I know what to do with it, right? I I know where it's going. I think ultimately we're in a similar kind of mind space about money i think the conflicts with money come when you have two people with two different priorities yes and as you potentially gain wealth in those areas your priorities feel like they're further apart so the person that wants a really nice car on the driveway versus the person that's maybe focused on either having holidays or investing money and saving for the future Mm -hmm. you have a conflict because the person that wants the car ultimately saying well i have now this available per month Mm, mm. and oh look my money's doubled so i now have this much available (laughs) so i can get this car and and that's a conflict potentially to someone else that wants to do something different with the money Mm. and that's where your arguments can come and often you'll find that the arguments will be in places where at a much earlier stage someone maybe is just not very good managing their money racking up debt and the other ones there saying well I've got to substitute that and pay for it or sometimes you have a household dynamic where one person's by far the bigger earner Mm. and the other person either isn't earning anything at all or their money is quite small and then you have this kind of possession and ownership thing going on yes yeah but I think that if you both are able to see 
yourself as fairly equal in the money comes in belongs to the house and the money goes out needs to be kind of somewhat balanced to a point that at least someone doesn't feel disgruntled that you're you're kind of robbing one area that feels important to them to serve yourself mm-hmm, that i think is where the arguments for anybody happen mm. and that's fundamental disagreements and that's things that i think from a relationship point of view you really do need to explore because mm-hmm. they won't fix themselves yeah no and ultimately if you're if you're really coming from different places on that you need to find a way of coming to common ground because otherwise it will continue to be an issue for the rest of your days. Mm, oh, that, that's exactly. Okay, you ready for the next one? I'll go to a couple of quick ones now. So what's been your greatest financial achievement to date, Matthew? What would you say? Not being stupid with credit cards. Excellent. Okay, mine's, <laughs> mine's has been, I'm going to, been able to give away money as well has been my greatest lesson in the past couple of years. So my greatest financial ch- achievement is actually getting to a relationship with money that it doesn't matter, you know, where it comes from. I can use it, I can spend it, I can save it and give it away and it doesn't matter. And very thankful for our business continuing to grow and blow my mind every single month. So that's okay. Next question. How did we both get on the same page about paying off debt? Well, I, I just did it. <laughs> Well, you just did it because you'd never had that and didn't want that. Mm -hmm. And I was comfortable with it because I was not good with the way I was managing my money and having someone else come in that was of a completely different mindset meant that it was almost taken out of my hands, which was good because my hands were not safe hands for money to be in at that stage. So I think it, it wasn't an issue. It just worked it just really well. You wanted to solve it. I kind of wanted someone else to solve it. <laughs> so, and we got, it should have taken us five years to pay off. We had £24,000 worth of consumer debt. Should have taken five years with a lot of money every month. It took us three. Why? Because we set a goal and then the world well, gives you lots of opportunities. So what we did really briefly was consolidate everything into one loan shut down any credit cards around that weren't necessary to make sure that money wasn't being put on there again. Not that I would have had any chance of doing that without (laughs) receiving a lot of grief. Then you have an end date for that particular finance to disappear. That's the great thing about taking out a loan. Unlike a credit card where it can carry on forever, Mm -hmm. at least a loan you have an end date. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's good. And then the plan was to throw more money at it to beat the end date. Yep, yep, exactly. it was a wonderful thing. It, it was beautiful. Right, I'm going to answer some money questions, if that's okay, very, very quickly. Well, not, well these not money well, questions. Oh, well, they, no, but these are more specific. So feel free to barge in if you want to, but I'm just going to rattle through a couple of these. So um, a couple of them are very specific to investing that people were asking, so I'll answer some of these with my money hat on, my official money creator. So somebody was asking if they have a Stocks and Shares ISA with Vanguard, can they still open different accounts on different platforms? You can, just they have to be general investing accounts rather than investment ISAs. You can only have one of them. Well, you can only have one investment stocks and shares type ISA. That you're paying into. You can have one ISA you're paying into per year. But after that year is ended, if you want to go and open up an ISA somewhere else, you can have 
a bunch of ISIS in different places, mm-hmm. but you have to have fed into only one of them. One investment ISA. So one you can, investment uh, ISA. You can have different flavors of ISA that make up your 20K a year. So you can have a help to buy or a lifetime ISA or an innovative ISA. So you can have all the different flavors, but only one of each type active. And that means if you use Vanguard this year and you don't like them, you can still have that open. You just can't deposit into it next year. You can move to someone else yep. if you want or transfer in. So that was very quick. The next pair was asking about um, funds, Vanguard funds. So what would I recommend? The FTSE All World High Dividend Yield or the S&P 500? I don't offer personal advice. I would always say S&P 500 is US-based as a fund. If you want that predominantly based on your risk and your goals, that's fine. An all-world fund, as you've said, the high dividend fund makes you a bit more global spread. So it's really depending upon how diversified or where you want to concentrate on. I think people that ask that kind of question are often overthinking. You want all the right answers, (laughs) you don't want to get it wrong. You know what? No, nobody wants to get it wrong. Put a bit in each. See what it looks like after three months. I mean, pick and then your decide your favorite. But <laughs> exactly. you, you you can't really get it wrong unless you happen to buy in just before a market crash, and mm. at which point everything's going to fall apart anyway for a short period of time. Like, do something rather than feel like you need the exact right answer. That's the best possible everything. Mm. Just do something. And I think when we're talking about investments in particular, remember. There's no way to guess which one will produce the best results in the future. It's all based on what's gone on in the past, right? And so trackers, we're talking about index fund trackers, these are like the, the league tables. So you're already picking hundreds or thousands of company with your one fund. Unless a whole unless a whole global economy crashed, you would only lose money. So don't overthink it. Yep, don't overthink it. Just put your money somewhere. And if you really want to find out the right answer for you, split it see what happens and then shove your money wherever you think it's better for yourself moving yes. forward there's, so there's not a right answer. last money one and then i'll ask the final question so the last money one was do you invest more money a month for our kids or for ourselves we fought for ourselves without doubt we do have junior ices for our kids um but i always say put your safety mask on first okay so make sure you're looked after because the kids then are a byproduct of that well from my point of view, I think that I want to teach the kids more about money habits and how they want to earn their money as they get bigger and things like that, rather than worry about giving them a handout at some point Absolutely. in time. I think a handout is very nice, but ultimately, I think with, especially if you've got side hustles or businesses that you're growing and developing yourself, yes. if, you, if that's happening, you don't need to worry about having money by the side because ultimately there's income coming in anyway but i would much rather that we give them a quality of life now Mm. and the education and the motivation inspiration and everything else and they go into the world penniless and have to then find their own way with that information then teach them nothing and they have a couple of hundred grand in their back pocket ready Mm. to be stupid with absolutely the final question are you ready it better be good final question was where do we see us and our family in five years time i'm not in a job interview (laughs) five years time matthew where do you see us i don't know i know right the great thing (laughs) is that if you'd asked me when Mama Fair first started, where we'd be. You bet at you could have time, predicted it. Exactly. I wouldn't have predicted this. So therefore I'm not gonna have predictions because 
I, I don't know. All I know is that we have a massive long corridor of opportunity and we'll open random doors as we go along. Um, new doors will appear. Not sure which ones will open, which ones will go through, which ones will provide opportunities or thoughts or, mm. or anything else. So I don't know. Mm. What I do know is that I really want to be making an impact with what goes out from us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So whether that's the um, videos that come out from Mama Fur for helping people with their financial choices and making their financial health just much higher than it was before mm -hmm, they started watching mm -hmm. videos um, to the output of the money that we give mm. off of the money that comes in. So being able to help out charities or individuals, whatever it happens to be as we move forward, making a broader impact, because mm -hmm. this is the great thing. If we earn 10 pounds, then we get to send out some money. If we earn a hundred pounds, then we get to send out some more money. If we mm -hmm. earn a million pounds, then that's a bigger chunk that gets to go out the door yes, that yeah. makes an impact elsewhere. So I'm excited about that. And over the course of time, finding things that we're specifically passionate about that we can potentially not just provide um, financial support to, mm -hmm. but potentially some time support as well, Absolutely. depending on what's going on. So yeah. that's the thing that I can see for sure mm -hmm. that's going to happen over the next five years. And that's the thing that excites me. The opportunities that facilitate that mm -hmm. um, in our own world, I'm not quite sure what they are. And mm -hmm. I'm very happy for them to keep coming along and be Just organic. develop, exactly. No, so five years, I've no doubt I'll still be doing something similar to this. I think that I'm going to write more books. That's something I feel called to do. And yeah, I'm just, I'm more than happy to let, see what, the world has in store I think it's like I said I only feel I'm in charge of the loaves and fishes right so my job is to keep learning and you know Matt that this year in particular I've really felt that I want to keep pushing what I'm doing I don't want it to be based on what everyone else is doing I want to kind of set the tone and yeah, be you different want to grow and as an individual yeah exactly so that's what I'm going to focus on being just inspired what feels right um and yeah I'm excited to see five years time I've no doubt it'll be exciting and it will be prosperous because everyone we're always looked after and after all if things are always good whatever life brings so yeah I'm excited maybe in Mallorca maybe in a, 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 this time of year might be in Mallorca in five years time with our summer house or something well I think that from financial standpoints we'll probably have a little bit more diversity mm -hmm. in where our money is and where incomes are coming from but again, there's lots of things to explore over the course of time. There's, who knows? Yeah, exactly. That's exciting. That's but I'll, I'll probably doing something similar to this anyway. I don't or, see this going Or we'll away. just have all of the Bitcoins. Yeah, we'll just have all. My Bitcoin's doing well, actually. But that's for another podcast episode, no doubt. Well, thank you so much for everyone who submitted questions. As I say, there was too many to go through. We tried to rattle through as many as we could. If you did submit a question, just thank you for doing so. And keep out looking on my Instagram. We might do another one of I these. I think we'll definitely do another one of these again. Not quite maybe sure the next when. Six months, maybe in six months time we'll see <laughs> yeah we'll see so follow at mama furfer on instagram yep. that's on the internet online on the world wide web <laughs> you'll find that in this newfangled technology and then yeah you can keep your eyes open for when she does a story asking for new questions 
and I think that we'll probably get more next time. I just mm-hmm. have a feeling. Yes. So at which point we need to be faster at rallying I know, through. right, a bit more like quick fire. <laughs> but they were great questions. So yeah, if you have enjoyed today, you've caught us on a question and answer session provided by our listeners. So thank you to everyone who listens every single week. You are all beautiful, amazing people. We're very thankful for you. Except Make- you. <laughs> no. You specifically. No. You know who you are. <laughs> Oh, goodness, you're so funny. Um, Yeah, so thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed today, I'd really encourage you, go back the past 51 episodes. We've got some real crackers. We cover everything from mental health, prosperity, fitness, exercise, budgeting, money. It really is hope that we give you a wide range of topics with a positive, prosperous outlook. Lots of tips and strategies. So check them out. Go on, give yourself a little bit of enjoyment today and check out some episodes. And why not give us a five-star review? Five-star review and hit subscribe, just like they say. <laughs> hit subscribe and maybe... Share, share. share. Exactly. Yeah. Send this to someone else. Just copy the little link thing, send it to them and say, hey, you, <laughs> you would benefit from this. Exactly. And yeah, it'd be great. So thank you so much for listening today. We'll speak to you very soon. Bye.